I mean, it's been a kind of big week leading up to Christmas, as it always is, and uh, I know some of you feel really tired and worn out, or the running around you do, the online shopping and things, and uh, uh, I'm glad there is online shopping sometimes, because it makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? You know, those last minute things that you forget, somebody gives you an unexpected gift, and you go, oh! I haven't got them anything, just straight on the phone, and <laughs> you can do those things. So it's really good. It's really good to have those backups. The only problem is my wife does a lot of ordering through my email address, and so I get some interesting comments coming through from the company she's bought from, like, Dear Ian, I hope you enjoyed that dress that uh, you bought online. LAUGHTER it's rather embarrassing, but anyway, <laughs> I have to live with it. It's even worse when they ring you up and say, oh, is that Ian? Yes, your dress has come in. <laughs> oh, shocking. Anyway, how are we all doing this morning? All good? Where's all our kids? Who's excited in the house? The excitement, because it should be an exciting time for us all to reflect on the greatest event that ever took place, the fulfillment of a prophecy given now probably some 2,700 years ago, and that's where we'll be reading from this morning from Isaiah. Isaiah 7.14 actually tells us that prophecy will be fulfilled. It says, Emmanuel, God with us. And of course, for those who have been with us through the series this month, we've been talking very much about that. But what is Christmas all about? I mean, if you try to capture it in one word, because to different people it means different things. It's about God's promise to the world. It's the fulfillment of the greatest gift ever, Jesus. But have you ever thought, what if God gave us what we wanted rather than what we needed? That'd be a scary thing, wouldn't it? <laughs> J. John, those that know J. John, he's a funny communicator. He said this, if our greatest need was information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness and for a saviour. And he sent us Jesus. For Romans 3.23 tells us, for all, have sinned, sorry, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, we need a saviour. Psalm 86 verse 5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and rich in mercy to all those who call on you. God wants you to call upon him and reach out to him this Christmas. Jesus came to save us from our sin as we cannot save ourselves. There's certain things we can only do, but there's, there's things that only God can do. This is the focus of Christmas, the gift from God. And if you've got your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to turn to a passage in Isaiah uh, chapter 9, verse 6. Very well known one in this time of Christmas. Once again, this is a prophecy Isaiah has given 700 years before Christ was born. And God has already spoken to the prophet, and he, he declares this in verse, uh, chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Names in the Bible are extremely important. In the Bible, a name not only conveys who you are, but it says something about your character. In Isaiah's prophecy, he gives the coming king four important names, which I want to look at today. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Wonderful Counselor. The first name given to the coming King is Wonderful Counselor. Now when we see the word wonderful, we think of wonderful in the context of, oh, I've had a wonderful day or a wonderful party. or We use it in that context. But in the Hebrew, where that language originally came from, it means something a little bit more powerful than that. It means uh, a doer, God is a doer of miracles, of marvelous and wonderful things, which are beyond human ability. So when we see wondrous, we're talking about God's miracle. He's a miracle doer. Is that the word? Miracle. <laughs> and uh, he's beyond human ability. There's only certain things that God can do, miraculous things that uh, only he is. So it puts a whole new emphasis on that word wonderful. It's not just, oh, that's wonderful. It's, it's so much more than that. So Isaiah in corn, this coming king wonderful, is making it clear that he is powerful, mighty, and glorious, a doer of great miracles, in which we know Jesus did great miracles all through the Scriptures. Only one person could ever fulfill this prophecy of Isaiah, and many people have done calculations on this, and the fact is, It'd be impossible for anyone else. Nobody else could come close to filling this, but Jesus. Jesus, even by mathematical equations, uh, blew people out of the water because he fulfilled all these prophecies that were written in the Old Testament, not just a little bit, but 100%. And then we move on to that part of that wonderful, that he is a miracle worker, is the part of counselor. The other name given counselor uh, Sorry, the other name given to the coming king is counsel. One of the key duties of a king in his time was to counsel the people and to direct the people. That's what a counselor does. And in Isaiah um, 11.2 it says, And the spirit of Jehovah shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of Jehovah. So Jesus came as a counselor, not... He came in so many things, wonderful counsellor. He was there to teach us and guide us in our ways. The role of a counsellor is so to impart wisdom and experience. So Jesus came to impart wisdom and experience to us in order to lead people from darkness and confusion into light and, of, uh, and out of danger into safety. This is what Jesus does for us. This is why he is wonderful counsellor. He brings light into darkness and guides and directs us. When light enters darkness, there is no darkness. The smallest light can change everything. You know, like you just, I've been one time down into the mines and uh, we had the miners' hats on and the, the guy said, right, we're, in, we're pretty deep down now. He said, now we're going to turn all the lights off and you're going to see what dark is. And we did and it was like, I've never seen so much dark because <laughs> you think it's dark at night but you've got stars that illuminate things and that. But when you're in, a mine deep down and they turn lights off, it's pitch black, I can tell you. But then just turn on one light, it just penetrates the darkness. And that's what Jesus did. He penetrated the darkness when he came in uh, to this world. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, he is a counsellor who we can turn to. Many people try to work problems out in their lives and they never get there. But if we only go to God's word, to Jesus' word, you will find the answers. But how many times we will seek out other people first before we seek out the answer in the counselor, the wonderful counselor himself. 
You know, you can ask your neighbour over the fence things, but they're not going to know everything. And uh, this morning, the, the great news is there is a wonderful council that has all answers to life, the universe and everything. <laughs> but the question is, do we seek him? Do we seek him as a council this morning, or do we just merely go, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll work it out myself? Because God himself invites you. He invites you to ask him to, to be with him. The next uh, verse goes on to say, he is a mighty God. Isaiah also says the coming king will be called mighty God. Jesus, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, there is no one greater than Jesus Christ. And the apostle Luke reminds us in Acts 4.12, says, and there is a salvation in no other one. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So there's no other name, no Buddha, no Muhammad, no, no other name that a man can be saved. There's only one name, and that is Jesus. Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of heavenly ones and earthly ones and of ones under the earth. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. That is a name that penetrates right through this earth. Right now, around the world, people are celebrating, acknowledging that one thing, that Jesus came, and that one day everybody, believer or non-believer, will bow at the name of Jesus, I can tell you. It's an amazing thing to think of. The name of Jesus, like it's penetrated time. We've got AD and BC because of Jesus. Jesus' fingerprints are all over this world in many ways. Even the great uh, atheist Richard Dawkins had to admit in one debate that there really is a Jesus. He didn't like to say that, but he had to admit that. And that's why I said there's no denying that there is a Jesus that came for you and I. Then it goes on further in that passage. It says, for us, uh, sorry, everlasting Father. It says, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Everlasting, not short-term father, everlasting father. We read the government will be on his shoulders. His kingship will not be like an earthly king because he is not just a ruler but an everlasting father as well. In the time of Isaiah when this was written, the kings were known as oppressors of the people. But the government of the everlasting father other, sorry, I've got a bit of a cold here. But the government of the everlasting father will be quite different. In Isaiah 9, verse 4, it says that the ruler will not burden his people, but will break the yoke off their backs and free them from oppression. Jesus came into the world to break us from oppression, to break us free from that. We see this fulfilled in, once more in Jesus, who declared in Matthew 11, 28, verse 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus took the concerns, the worries, the sins, and everything of the world and bore them on his shoulders. And he still does that for you and I today. And if you're going through a difficult moment, just turn to Jesus. Jesus can carry the weight that you're not able to carry. He is the everlasting Father. Indeed, Christ and the Father are one. And the Father is in him, and he is in the Father. And he that has seen the one has seen the other. If you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. If you've seen the Father, you've seen Jesus because they are as one. 
hard concept to understand. But John 8, uh, 14, 11 says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Thank you. <clears throat> God the Father has revealed his love to us through Jesus, his Son and our Saviour. Excuse me. <clears throat> That's better. Sorry. <laughs> I forget I've got the mic here. Sorry. <laughs> You're enjoying all my <clears throat> noises there. Okay, but so it says, We're the wonderful counselor, mighty God, and everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now, this is the big one that we, we think of during this time peace, because we've been through quite such turmoil through these last particular three, four and a half, well, it's four years almost now, isn't it? Four years where there's been an uncertainty about what, holds, what the future holds for tomorrow. There's been an uncertainty about jobs. There's been an uncertainty about everything. And I think everybody has just kind of so over that. Is everyone so over that? I'm, I'm so over that. And to hear a message of hope and peace, that God is in control and he, he sees all and he will bring this all to a close, but he will bring ultimate peace to us all because he is the Prince of Peace. Isaiah describes that the coming King is the Prince of Peace. So 700 years before, he's already declared what this uh, child will be born, it will be a prince of peace. Peace is not about the absence of trouble from our lives, but the reassurance that no matter what we face in life, Jesus is with us. And that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. This is why Paul wrote in Romans 8, 38, verse 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor death, nor, uh, or nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the root of true peace. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. You know, you can go through some many difficult times, but Jesus is always there with you and for you. He never leaves you. That is his promise. And Christmas is about a big promise to you and I, that God is with us. He will never abandon us. He will always be with us. And you can be assured this morning that he is with you. It even says, where there are two more gathered in my name, there I am amongst you in the midst. Jesus is with us always. And it's exciting to see how many people are starting to find that in times of trouble, which we are in today. Many people are turning to all sorts of things to find some hope, find some peace, find some answers. How many people are looking for answers right now? And I'm telling you, we'll only find the answer in the one who created all things, the one that came for you, that is Jesus Christ. It's only through Jesus that we can find true peace because he in him, we discover our true selves. In Jesus, we discover love, acceptance, forgiveness. This is why Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He knows you better than you know yourself. Do you realize that this morning? Sometimes we try to work ourselves out. <laughs> we become our own psychiatrist. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. It's, it's kinda, do you understand that sometimes we, we, we can't understand ourselves? We go, why did I do that? What was that about? But Jesus knows you all. Jesus knows you very well. He knows the, the hairs on your head, and some of us are sort of getting a bit thin there, but <laughs> he's not knowing me so much because I've got so much. <laughs> but the reality is he knows you so well, and that's the message of the gospel. God 
gave his only begotten son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came into this world not for his own benefit but for the benefit of you and I that you should find life and have life in abundance because we've all gone astray. We've all fallen short of the glory of God as it says in Romans. Each one of us have done the wrong thing before God but the great message of Christmas is that God so loved the world. He, he sent a saviour for us, a saviour into this world for you and I. And that's why it's important that we remember these things. And that's why around the world right now there are so many churches assembling for this one reason, because we understood or we understand what that really means. So many people just take Christmas for granted, like, oh, it's great, it's time for holidays, have a break, eat lots of Christmas pudding and other things, and, and as you do. Who's got lots of Christmas events on today? You know what it's like. Sometimes it's a bit too much. You uh, see, I can imagine you're all already planning for your New Year's uh, uh, time where you'll be off to the gym to, uh, to <laughs> get rid of. That's what we do. We, Christmas Day, we fill up and then we, we go out to the gym for a short time until that uh, has the novelties worn off. <laughs> But Isaiah's prophecy of the coming king was a message of hope for the people of Israel and Judah in a time of great distress. So when Jesus came, they were looking for hope. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for some way out of their mess. And some ways it is like that today. We are looking for hope. We are looking for a way out of this mess. And as it was in the time of Isaiah's prophecy of the coming king, that prophecy is also here today for us. But it is also a message for us to rejoice in because it was for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. At Christmas we receive a lot of gifts we don't need. As those gifts you can't remember you got last year because you don't really need them and they, they just sort of disappear or you repack them and give them to somebody else. <laughs> but there's a lot of gifts we don't need but this Christmas, don't miss the gift that we do need. That is Jesus. Without Jesus, there is no hope. Without Jesus, there is no peace. Without Jesus, there is no life. Jesus came to give us, as J. John always says, forgiveness from the past, new life today, and hope for the future. And my prayer today is that if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, you've never experienced Him, this Christmas will be the change of that. You will find Him. For Jesus in His own words says, if you seek me, you shall find me. So you need to seek. As a young boy, I, I, I tried to work out what the answers to everything was. And it wasn't until I sought the answers that I found the answer, the truth, the way and the life. That's Jesus. And this morning as we come to a close, I just want you to just close your eyes for a minute as we contemplate on that, as we think about that. And I want to ask you this question. This Christmas, do you know, do you know Jesus that came for you? He didn't come for Himself. He came for you to pay a debt that we owed. For we'd all fallen away from God, fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus in the midst of that came to save us from our sins. He came to pay the ultimate price for all that we had done wrong. Jesus said, I will take that punishment upon myself. And we know on the cross, He did that for you and I. 
He bore our sins. He took the weight of all that we had done wrong to make us right, to reconcile us once again to God. But it's a choice this morning. It's a choice. God will not make you do anything. He's written a book. He's declared His glory for all creation. But it takes a response from each one of us. For it says in 1 John 12, for as many as receive Him, He gives us the right to become children of God. So you have a right if you choose, but the choice is yours. And I want to ask you this morning, have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour? If Jesus was to return today, would you be ready for Him? Because as true as the prophecies have been and been fulfilled, the prophecy is that Jesus will return again. Will you be ready? Will you be ready? If you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Saviour and know that you are forgiven, that you are going to heaven, that you are going to live eternal and eternity with Him, I want to give you an opportunity this morning. Perhaps you once did this as a child or perhaps uh, you're not even sure exactly where you stand with all this, but you're saying this morning, yes to Jesus, I need you, I need you. If that's you in this place right now, with every head bowed, eye closed, just so I know who I'm praying for, just raise your hand just raise it and put it back down again just so I can see that and I want to pray because it's the greatest thing you could ever do to invite Jesus into your life it's about a relationship it's not about a religion religion is of man the relationship we need is of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus let's just pray Father I just thank you this day we thank you that we can come and celebrate the greatest thing that ever took place in history. That God, regardless of the messes we make in our own life, the imperfections that we have, you came in the midst of that to save us. God, we can't understand what you see in us. But God, we know it's through your love for us that you sent Jesus to reconcile us to you yourself. So Father, we thank you this day that you're with us and God, we celebrate and worship you. We give you all the glory for what you have done. And we thank you, God, that the, this, the, the message of the gospel is going out into all the world. And God, you extend that to everybody. We thank you for that. And Father, we pray as we leave this place today that we'll carry that, that, that message of hope, that peace, of the wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. God, I just pray that you'll be with us this day in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.